would you like to be my community manager? I was like, what's that? And he was like, the same thing you're doing, you know, engaging students, asking their questions, you know, helping people along the way. I was like, great. It's not necessarily my job to be the most heard person or to be in the spotlight, right? And so for me, it's really finding ways to empower our students, our community, like the people in that community to share, right? And, and in order to do that, in order to encourage people to share, I like to say lead with questions, right? So asking people questions like, hey, where are you stuck? Let, you know, let's, help, let's help each other get unstuck. Susie may say, I'm struggling to find a property manager, right? And then so many other students, they come in and be like, hey, you know, I'm investing in this area. This property manager is great. And then they start working together, exchange contacts. Welcome to The Lion's Den, the real estate podcast for perspicacious investors who know they have the strength to succeed in the lucrative commercial multifamily industry. Gain expert advice on your way to becoming a top performer. I'm your host, Adam Parrish. I have one of my co-hosts today, Lisa Parrish. The other two were not able to make it today. Hi. And the conundrum of today's episode, how do I build a strong investor community? Our guest today is the community manager of Master Passive Income and Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference, RubeCon, and is co-host on the Master Passive Income podcast and MPI YouTube channel. He is a real estate investor and coach who works with new investors to help them close that first cash-flowing rental property on their path to financial freedom. Welcoming on, Charles Rose Jr. How are you doing? Awesome, man. It's so great to be on this podcast today. Um, and Adam, it, it was so awesome when I met Adam at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. And he was telling me about all the things that he and his family do together. I was like, man, that is so cool. I wish I got started as early as you all, as you. And then his mom, you know, talked to me more about how they started, you know, with Adam and his brother, like when they were like 12. Wait, you mean his sister, right? His sister. So, oh, look at that. I'm, see, I'm like messing up things already. His sister, like, you know, his mom, they started um the kids from 12 and 15 years old and i'm like this is like gold for me i have a five-month-old daughter and so i'm so inspired by this family and so adam um, thank you so much for inviting me on i'm excited to share with you and your audience today yeah thank you i thank appreciate you. you coming on that rubcon event was fantastic i thoroughly enjoyed it that's awesome man I'm I'm sorry i missed it, it. <laughs> you, you missed all the fun lisa yeah, he, he had a great time with that one. Right. Oh, yeah. And Charles, what's the word of the day? So the word of the day is family. And for me, that word is so special because at the end of the day, that is my why. Every time I like reflect on everything that I'm doing uh, in this business, it's really it really traces back to my family. And so uh, that's why I chose that word and it's very special to me. I agree. Awesome. Mine too. Love that word. Well, Lisa, you're definitely showing it like, you know, yeah. your, your kids are are fruit of you and your husband's labor and, and I'm seeing it right now. So I definitely believe you. Thank you. All right. So I'll start off with uh, you telling us a little bit more about your story, your journey from the Bahamas to the USA with no money. Yeah. That. So yeah, I, I grew up in the Bahamas, a uh, young island boy. And I uh, didn't come from a wealthy family at all. And I just grew up with a pocket empty of money and a mind full of dreams. I always had big dreams when I was younger. And um, my, my mom was very instrumental in like really like t pushing me like you know, outside of my limit. I used to be shy, believe it or not. I used to be very, very shy back then. And, and my mom like really like pushed me out of my limit and was like, you know, you're going to do big things. You're going to do great things. Don't limit yourself to just the Bahamas. Go beyond. And so I always like had these big dreams from when I was younger. Always wanted to invest in real estate and have my own business and be an entrepreneur um, at such a young age. And, you know, one big issue that I saw at the time was I didn't have any money to do it. I didn't have any money to own my own business or, or, or even go to college and all these different things. And I wanted to um, live in the U.S. I wanted to be to live abroad. I wanted to, you know, go after the American dream, right? Um, but um, so, you know, having no money to do all of this, the only thing I had was was leaning on on my faith. And you know, 
I literally had to um, rely on my faith because uh, many scholarships I applied to didn't get them. And so all I literally had was my family and prayer. And uh, though to cut a long story short, I came over to the U.S. Um, on a one-way airplane ticket to go to college without even having all of the money for college. And my school fees was like over $30,000 a year. And in the Bahamas, my parents don't even make that much money. Even if they did make $30,000 a year, they would have to take care of themselves and, you know, my brother and my sister, you know. And so um, it, that was a big challenge for me. And so it, it ended up working out um, where I was able to finish my first semester. I ended up, um, you know, at the last minute, so the Bahamas government is so last minute. Like I, I got a, a grant from the Bahamas government uh, and to, to cover like most of my school fees. And then my mom's boss found out, you know, what happened and that, and that I was, you know, was going to get kicked out of school if I didn't uh, come up with the rest of school fees. And so he, um, he helped out for that first semester. And um, all of the semesters after that, my story was a little bit different. So I was actually aired on TV in the Bahamas um, of like, they called me the crazy island boy for like, you know, going off at 17 years old without any money and just, you know, having dreams and faith. And um, after being on, on TV, you had so many people calling the stations. You had like, you know, people from the community. You had like tourists and millionaires and different people just calling, asking, how can I help this young man up? How can I help, uh, help him fulfill his, fulfill his dreams? And my dreams at the time was becoming a civil engineer and studying in the USA. And so uh, my entire, like, like school fees were completely paid off, like through like really like a grassroots type of efforts. And it was so crazy because I didn't want to go on TV because I was like, I don't want to be begging for money on TV. And so the news anchor, she was like, no, you're not going to beg for money on TV. We're just going to share your story. How you literally like took all of the, you know, pennies you had saved up and purchased a one-way ticket to fulfill your dreams. And, you know, we're going to air this on TV. If somebody want to help, they can, but, you know, we're not going to have you begging for money on TV. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do it. Um, but as a result of that, so many opportunities aligned itself um, through um, people and the community and everything. And that's one of the big reasons why I'm so big on community. Um, you know, the saying is so true that it takes a village to raise a child, you know, and, and, and I'm a product of that. And so I'm so big on building community because I had a community of people from all around the world, you know, people of different um, countries, people of different uh, colors, people of different national, all these different things pitched in to help me in one big community. And so for me, I'm so big on giving back in any way I can. And that's why I do a lot of things that I, uh, that I get to do with Dustin Heiner and Master Passive Income and, and the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference where we met Adam. Um, and so that's kind of like, you know, uh, a brief version of my story without like getting into too much, too many um, details. We'd be talking for a long time. Um, I did write a book um, called Journey to Success, Defy the Odds and Realize Your Dreams that kind of talked about that full journey coming from the Bahamas to the USA. Oh, very well, cool. We're going to have to get that book. Yeah, definitely check it out. Let me let me know what you think when you read it. Yeah. That's an awesome story. I, I you know, guts and grit is what comes to mind for me. Oh. It takes it takes a lot of guts, especially when you're so young to move by yourself and not have really a plan, not really know how you're going to figure it out, but just knowing and having the faith that you're going to figure it out. I think that's that's amazing having that at 17. So yeah, you know, you know, Lisa, and it was so scary too. Yeah. So I think, you know, sometimes like when we talk about these, um, uh, these accomplishments and these big moves in life, we talk about it like so um, excitingly and freely, just, you know, when you've overcome it. But as I was going through that experience, I was a 17 year old young boy from the island, didn't know a whole lot of people in the U.S., didn't even know where I was, where I was going. Didn't even know where, where it would work, if it would work out or not. It was so terrifying. It was so scary. And, um, but I had to, um, I had to increase my faith more than my fear, right? Because yeah. faith and fear can't operate at the same time. And so, um, so it was, you know, it was a challenge. It was scary, but I had to rise up in my faith to really like um, believe in this unknown and believe in the unknown yeah. and believe in this thing that I'm trying to achieve 
um, without knowing like what each step will be. And that can be the scary part for a lot of us yeah. to not know what steps. And sometimes we don't go after our dreams. Like some of the projects that y'all are doing, you know, y'all are, y'all are getting more and more properties and y'all are probably will go bigger and bigger. Like, you know, sometimes you just like, if you're, if you're funding a huge, huge deal, sometimes you may not know exactly where all that money is coming from. Um, but you kind of go out in faith, like using the tools and skills and the people, you know, to kind of reach that goal. Well, I mean, when you've gone through something like that or put yourself really through something like that at 17, doesn't it really make the rest of your decisions and the things that happen in your life less daunting? You know, some people are terrified over some of the, some things that, you know, when you've gone through something like that, I have some somewhat of a similar similar situation, not, not anything near like what you did, but, um, you know, I, we went through or we did some scary stuff. And when you go through that and you have the faith that you get yourself through it, then all, all of a sudden everything else seems pretty easy. And once you've done that, you become this, this new, like brave, you know, person that can handle so much more than other people. That's, that's what I think. So many people play it way too safe. It was very mature of you too at 17. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're, you're so right. Like, and doing that, that experience has helped me in so many areas. Like when I even getting started in real estate and I hit a point where I felt stuck, um, I kind of reminded my, and, or even like being afraid of the unknown, right? Um, what would happen if I start investing? How am I going to raise money? How am I going to do this and that? Um, reminding myself of like, hey, like, like, dude, you literally, like you came to the U.S. on a one-way airplane ticket uh, and your school fees all, you know, combined, like if you look at everything, was over $120,000 um, that you were able to, to do this. And my first deal was a duplex that was $80,000. Like you can, you can do this. Come on, like seriously, you know? And yeah. so, you know, like just kind of like talking to yourself, um, like remembering um, sometimes you, you could use your past victories to help you win new victories, right? Really? That, that, that gives you so much confidence. Totally. Especially you go through failures and you become stronger every time. As long as you're not quitting, you, something doesn't work and you pivot and you do it, you know, do something different. So many people are so worried about failing. But once you realize failing is not the end, it's just, you know, you're going to learn from that and you're going to move on. You're going to become a much stronger person. Um, it really, it, I really think it makes life easier once you've gotten past that. So that's amazing. And I'd love to hear more about your real estate experience. Adam, I'm not sure what questions you're asking. So yeah, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, I'd love to talk a little bit more about your real estate experience. I know you focus on, I believe, single family. Yeah, so um, so I do, fo- so so my, I, I primarily focused on single family when I got started. And uh, this year, um, my wife and I decided to take that next leap into multifamily. Great. We still love single family and I do single family coaching um, and we still buy single family deals. And so uh, the deal is my wife um, will kind of focus more on the single family business and I'll focus on growing the multifamily business. But we still, at the end of the day, we work together as a team, no matter what. Um, and so that's kind of where, where I'm at. So how I got started in, multi, in, um, in just real estate in general so, um, you know, going back to my story where I kind of, uh, achieved this dream of becoming a civil engineer in the U.S. So I was, you know, you know, I was on top of the world at that moment, you know, like, you know, I'm this young Island boy coming to the U S and, you know, I became a civil engineer, you know, that was a big thing for on the Island. Right. Cause a lot of people yeah. don't even uh, get a chance to leave the Island and, and to go to an accredited institution in the U S you know, that was a big deal. And so. Um, so I was literally, um, having, you know, the time in my life, you know, graduated Mr. Civil Engineer, um, and, uh, working for, uh, this company that's like the number one, um, company in the world for heavy civil construction. So I was working for one of the subsidiaries of this company. And, um, so yeah, so it, it was, it was great, you know, at the beginning and then, you know, I, I, I started moving up the career ladder and everything. And then I hit that point where. Um, things started to like plateau, plateau, right? And so I kind of felt like I hit a dead end and um, I was still working hard, um, doing all these things to, you know, to meet um, the goals and everything set upon me by my supervisor. And um, so I, I reached a point where um, I was um, struggling to get a promotion that was promised to me, right? So, you know, when I look back at it, I think, you know, for me, it's like what I'm doing is so much bigger than just a promotion. But 
that struggle, that challenge helped me to open my eyes to some things, right? And helped me to mature as a person. And so, um, so I fought for like two years for this um, promotion and raise and kept getting excuses here and there. Um, and then finally I got the promotion and I got an annual raise of $1,000, like annual, not monthly. So if you take a thousand dollars divided by 12 minus taxes and everything else, um, you, you know, you'll see what that is, right. For like working literally so many hours, working out of state, moving all anyway, it, it's a long story. Right. And so, and so I, you know, I put my foot down and I, you know, definitely, um, addressed that concern. And, you know, they did, you know, um, you know, give me a proper <laughs> raise after that. Um, so one of the top executives in the company finds, finds out, gets completely angry and comes to my job site and scolded me for asking them um, for a raise. And so in that moment, that woke me up to realize that if I stay here, even if I go to someplace else, It'll probably be the exact same working for somebody else. Mm -hmm. And I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. I always wanted to do these things, but I got comfortable, right? Comfort is the biggest enemy of progress. And I got so comfortable, you know, being Mr. Engineer, you know, graduating debt-free and all these different things. I got too comfortable where I was at. And so I had to, um, in, in that moment, um, that moment, I'm very thankful as I look back at that moment because it's caused me to mature and grow. And I told my, I vowed to myself in that moment, two things, you know, one, um, I would never uh, ask for a raise or promotion again, um, working for somebody else. And number two, right. If I want a raise or promotion, I will go out there and make it happen. I will open up a business. I'm going to, you know, I could raise rents, you know, I could do whatever. Like I, I decided that I was not going to let anyone control my financial future again and, and determine, you know, um, my ability to take care of my family. And so I made that vow and to this day, I kept it and I haven't asked of anything, you know, you know, I, you know, thank God I've gotten, you know, different, you know, raises and stuff like that after that. But still, I, I told myself, I'm not even going to depend on them for anything and so that's how I, um, you know, got into real estate because it's something I always wanted to do. And then I ran into Dustin Heiner through Master Passive Income um, because at first I was going to like do this all on my own. Then I realized like a lot of times when I try to do stuff on my own, it either took me really long to figure it out, um, like, you know, something like this, like starting a new business or, or you know, or I kind of got discouraged in between because I was stuck at it on my own. So I realized the importance of having um, a mentor or coach, you know, whether, and that mentor or coach can be anyone with experience in the area where you're going. So, um, like your kids, you know, have, have been so blessed to have you and your husband, Lisa, because, um, you know, y'all were in it, you know, and they were in it from, they were younger learning. So having that coach, having that mentor, uh, mentorship is so important. And so after I, you know, went through coaching with Dustin, I was like, I got to stay connected with this guy. So I renewed my coaching with him. And then after that, I ended up being on his team, um, just from like being so helpful in the community. I was like answering students' posts whilst I was a student. And if I didn't know the answer, I knew where to find the answer. And, and so Dustin was like, hey man, you know, uh, thank you, man. Would you like to be my community manager? I was like, what's that? And he was like, the same thing you're doing, you know, engaging students, asking their questions, you know, helping people along the way. I was like, great. And so, you know, one thing led to the next from being um, uh, one of so his community manager, a real estate coach, you know, a podcast co-host and sales and whatever he needs me to do, um, I do it. And, and I'm so blessed to, to have met Dustin. And, and um, you know, I, I don't think I would have met Adam if it wasn't for Dustin, right? Because, you know, Dustin is the founder of this real estate real builders conference where Adam and I met. Very cool. That's, yeah, that's an amazing story. And really... I mean, that was a sign that was a sign from God or, you know, whatever you believe, but that was definitely a sign that in, in, in an eye opening, realizing you are putting in all this time and effort for someone else's dream. And a lot of people get those signs and ignore them, or they just don't have the guts to, to do anything about it. I mean, I, how many, how often do you talk to people who hate their job? They hate their job, but they just do it 40, 50, 60 hours a week. They're giving up all this time for someone else's dream when, I mean, it is difficult to be an entrepreneur and to go out there and it's, it's scary. It's very scary, but I think it's worse 
like you were talking about comfort, comfort. I hate that. I hate it. That, that, uh, part of our story is we, I always say when we hit rock bottom, that sucked, but I look back and I thank God for hitting rock, rock bottom because if you're comfortable, you're not going to take that leap. I'm mm-hmm. really glad that we didn't have jobs. We didn't have money. We needed to do something. We weren't going to let our kids starve. So I think it's a sign and you took this, you know, you took it and you, and you jumped in and I'm sure there were plenty of challenges and scary times along the way, you know, doing that, but, and you're, and it's still scary, but you know, you knew at that moment that this is, this is what's right for you. That's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it's so amazing. And it's amazing how you mentioned like hitting that rock bottom. Like, so I, I like to say, you know, everybody has like sort of like a rock bottom experience and that experience may be different, whether it's like, you know, losing your job or like a major life situation um, that's uncomfortable. Um, but I think it's like a, a situation that, um, that, that makes you like really, um, you know, wake up, right. And get, mm-hmm. and, and, and realize the signs in the front of you. And so um, for me, you know, it was that situation. And, um, you know, sometimes people feel like, you know, man, I have to have like some major life situation, like losing my job um, to um, share your story. But I think, you know, a lot of the, you know, the things that I went through, I think a lot of people are right there already. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as people are listening to this, you know, whether um, their rock bottom situation is losing a job or whether it's, you know, being in a similar situation where I was like um, hitting that plateau or hitting that dead end um, or, you know, just fighting for something that you work so hard for um, and, and having it, you know, being taken away or controlled by, you know, these people in, in, in power, um, you know, I think, you know, hearing like these stories, like, you know, my, my goal is always like, you know, every time I speak, not to just to sound good, but for people to take action, right. To look at Lisa's story and be like, Hey, you know, Lisa can do this. I can do this to look at Adam and be like, Hey, Adam can do this at a young age. I can do this. What, what stopped me? You know, Charles can, can do all of this coming from the Bahamas and, you know, going through all of that, that he went through on the job. I can do this too. So I love, I love that Lisa, how you mentioned that, um, that the rock bottom, um, because sometimes, um, we, sometimes we have to hit that before we get where we're going, but not all, not all the time. Like sometimes, you know, people can learn from our stories and realize, well, um, I better start working on my dream right now, <laughs> you know? Oh, hundred percent. I think I've inspired a lot of moms. Um, they seem to resonate with our, with our story. Just, you know, they forget that I have a husband that actually helped me through it all. And it would have been, I I can't imagine doing it without them, without him and, you know, my family, but, um, it's, it's amazing, you know, everything that you've accomplished with coming from nothing. And, and if you look at and listen to any success story, any successful person, when they tell their story, it's always like, it's always similar, you know, maybe not as much as yours. Cause that's pretty amazing coming from Bahamas at 17, but everyone has that rock bottom moment, you know, a health issue or something that they have to overcome and you either overcome it or you quit mm-hmm. and you don't become successful. So the people who are successful, there's always some story about, you know, this is what happened to me and this is how I overcame it. And that actually is growth. That's how you grow. It's how you become a, a stronger person. And I, I mean, I think it's, I think that's amazing. That, that, that is so, so true. And um, that's amazing how you uh, meant, you know, gave credit to your husband as well, too, for growing, um, growing up your kids and everything. I, I think y'all should like literally write a book on parenting. Seriously. <laughs> a lot of people need that. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I am going to write, I am, I am writing a book. I'm working on taking a break, at least for real estate. Um, Adam and Eric, my sons are, I mean, they're, they're just getting started, but we're going to take a break and I'm going to focus on writing a book and, and, this, awesome. and this podcast, of course, because I love the podcast. <laughs> well, when you write that book, Lisa, please like share it. I, I would love to read that book, especially being a, a new, a new parent um, myself. Um, yeah. I, and just, you know, whatever you write in the book, I, I just think there's a lot of knowledge um, and a lot of experiences that you've gotten over the years. So I'm, I'm super excited about your book. Seriously, Lisa. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'll have you, I'll have you marketed on your podcast. Hey, just <laughs> let me know. Let me know. I, it's right in line, like what, what we're doing. So I'd love to um, share that for sure. Thank you. Yeah. What are some tips to build a strong investor community? Awesome. Awesome. So, um, so for me, um, 
I'm very big on building an authentic community, right? Um, and so what that looks like is, you know, me being the community manager, um, it, it's not my, not necessarily my job to be the most heard person or to be in the spotlight, right? And so for me, um, it's, it's really um, finding ways to empower our students, our community, like the people in that community to share, right? And, and in order to do that, in order to encourage people to share, you have to, um, I like to say, lead with questions, right? That's one of the big th biggest things we do, lead with questions, right? Um, so asking people questions like, hey, um, you know, um, where are you stuck? Let, you know, let's, help, let's help each other get unstuck, right? So look at that, right? So when people share everything they're going through, you know, Adam may say, you know, I'm, I'm struggling to, um, for capital raising or whatever, you know, whatever it is. Um, you know, Susie may say, you know, I am struggling to find a property manager, right? And then so many other students, they come in and be like, hey, you know, I'm investing in this area. This property manager is great. And then they start working together, exchange contacts or, oh, you know, capital raising. I had some funds. I could, you know, help you invest in this deal. Or I know this lender, right? So, you know, so questions like that brings people together, right? Um, you know, other questions is, um, what are your wins, right? And, and asking people to share their wins. So for me, it's like creating that authenticity and creating um, a floor uh, for people to talk, for people to communicate. Um, that's kind of like, you know, my main focus is creating that safe environment for people to be able to share rather than just me being in the spotlight, me sharing everything. Um, it's not about me, it's about them. So that's kind of the approach I like to take. Not about me, it's about them. And then another thing we do is we have a student um, success partner program at Master Passive Income where, um, where we um, get students um, together and form small groups. So it's like a mini mastermind. And so um, it's so helpful too when you have people like who are like interacting with each other, calling each other up, sharing their goals, holding each other accountable. All those things kind of help um, people um, get together in a community. And then, and then um, another thing that I, that I like to do, and it's, and it's more better for in-person, I try to like spend quality time um, with so many people. Um, so, you know, like Adam and I had some really good moments um, at the conference where we got to speak. Um, I didn't get to speak to everyone, but I try to focus on quality over quantity. And, and when you impact different lives like that, so when I just stop and like, you know, talk to Adam and not like, you know, be looking to talk to everybody else at the same time, well, I've impacted one person. Now Adam's been impacted by that quality time where he can be like, you know, hey, you know, Charles and Dustin, they, you know, they took time to speak to me. And he, but so they really like, you know, talk to somebody else who I may, might not have spoken to. And so things like that kind of helps us to build that big, authentic community. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're truly doing is to helping to help people. You know, we don't have to do you know, that, you know, our money really comes in from, you know, from building wealth through these properties. And so, um, but, but Dustin has a huge heart to help. I have a huge heart to help too. Um, and, and I think you all can relate to that because you all are doing this podcast where y'all are helping so many other people and inspiring people on, you know, yes, you know, a lot of times, you know, when, when you do all these things as a result of helping, um, you tend your business and everything tends to grow. But, you know, I think doing it for the right reason is what differentiates you. So for me, um, I'm to answer your question. That's kind of what creates a strong community. It's so many different tips and different exercises and team activities you can do. But um, creating that authenticity, creating a safe environment to share and for, everyone to, for, for everyone's voice to be heard is what creates a strong community. I love that. I mean, it, so um, I don't know if you've heard of multifamily mindset. That's um, Ryan and Tyler, Tyler Devereaux and Ryan Woolley. Um, they're partners of ours and they have their own education company. And we'll go to, you know, a, um, a big event. They have peak partnership every year. And I will spend an hour talking to one person. And I, and my husband always gives me crap. Like, you're just spending so much time talking to this one person. And I do end up, you know, if there's 1,200 people there, I do end up missing a lot of people. But I, I agree with you on quantity over, or, over quality. I don't want to just quality over There's, quantity. Did just I say it wrong? Words. Yeah. Quality over quantity. Quality over quantity. Yeah. Quantity, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I, well, whatever you just said, I, I agree. Qu uh, quality. The quality is the most important thing because um, I'm not 
you know, in this to just have, you know, say hi to a bunch of people. I'm in this to actually be able to impact people and to be able to help somebody and, you know, make it make a lasting impression. And one thing, you know, when you've got experience, I never even know some of the stuff that I just, I might just rattle on whatever. Um, But because I have so much experience, you never know when I might say one thing that just changes their life. And I've had a lot of people tell me that like, oh, that one thing that you said to me inspired me. I was getting ready to quit or whatever, or whatever it is. And, and that, that's what we do this for. And yeah, the side effect is success. And, and, you know, we do it for all of it. We do it for, but but the goal is, or the, you know, the motivation is to help other people, but just, it just happens to help you with everything that you do with friendships, with partnerships, with everything, because helping other people is really how you can help yourself. I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you never know, like, um, and, and, you know, what you all are doing with this podcast, like, you don't know, like, like literally like you're doing all of this work and you don't know if someone's gonna, you know, invest with you or not, right? But, right. but you know, whether they do or don't, it's great because knowing that you've helped someone, and I do believe that you're gonna get a lot of um, investors now and in the future from this. But um, so I, I just commend you all for for doing this and and just sharing so much. Um, I get so Thank you know you. excited when I when I hear about you know people's stories, and so I I, I just love um, to see you and your family working together. Like I know I mentioned that earlier, but. I, um, I, I, I want to see all of you, like, you know, we got to do something where we all meet up in person, you know, maybe an event. Um, um, that where do you live? Up. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, okay. We have yeah. a house. We have a house there. We have a house in Lake Norman. What? Oh my we God. We actually were living there for what? 12, 13 years, something like that. And we just moved back to Arizona because that's where we're from. But we moved in North Carolina, Charlotte yes. area. We started in Monroe, North Carolina. It was our first property uh-huh. in 2009. Wow. So, yeah, <laughs> it is. So, so we cool. definitely could make that. Actually, Adam was just in Charlotte. No, Adam. Visiting, yeah. You didn't reach out? Oh, yeah, I know. I forgot. <laughs> I oh, forgot. I'll remember for next time, though. Yes. Okay. Yeah, we got to do something for sure. Because um, yeah. I think that's a big thing, a big part of, like, building community is yeah. having those um, those authentic connections and interactions and that's really how the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference started. So um, so me and several other students on different occasions um, had, go, had approached Dustin and was like, hey, like, let's get together. Let's do something in person. So we were going to do like, uh, like a master passive income meetup. And then, you know, Dustin started to talk to his, um, his mastermind. And, you know, out of that mastermind meeting, uh, they created a conference. <laughs> and so it was like great, great because then, you know, we get to bring so many communities together. And so that's at the very heart of um, why we build the Real Estate Builders Conference is is centered around community and bringing people together. And that's why I like the conference, you know, uh, we don't pitch anything and speakers aren't allowed to pitch anything. Sure, you know, people are going to end up signing up for your programs and products as a result of it. But we decided that we're not going to be the conference that, that says, you know, hey, you know, our program is 35000 um, and you know, the first 20 of you who sign up, will get it for 30,000 or whatever, you know, we, 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 we don't do any of that, um, at, at our conference. And so the whole goal is bringing people together. So one thing I always tell people, and I mentioned it at the orientation at the real estate wealth, wealth builders conference, my mission is, um, friendship first, business second, friendship first, business second. So when you build that relationship right? Real estate is built upon relationships and you both know um, th- this so much. And um, when you build that relationship, the transactions, the business, all that, it's going to happen, right? It's going to happen. But, but I say, focus on friendship first, focus on building that relationship first and all of the other things will fall into place. I a hundred percent agree with that. I mean, you get like-minded people together and, you know, I, I consider myself a mentor and a coach. But a lot of times I'm talking to students and I'm inspired. I learn from them. And, you know, so it's, it works both ways when you actually are there for the relationship and not for the money or whatever it is that's in, in it for you, but you're actually there to be able to help somebody or you're getting like those like-minded people together. I, I, I absolutely love that. That's amazing. We'd absolutely. love to be a part of, you know, something that you put together. I'm sure Adam and I would love to be a part of that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. we 
we're, we do the um, Real Estate Well Builders Conference. Um, we're we're going to do it annually. So next year is going to be in St. Louis in March. Um, so stay tuned um, for that. So Adam, will, everyone who came to the conference this year, so you'll be on the, on the mailing list. Um, and so you'll find out more about how you can um, come to, to our event next year. And, you know, we're just going to do the same thing. We're going to focus on building community. That That's... I mean that's our that's what we're gonna do. As long as Dustin is heading up um the the, the real estate well builders conference, um the, it, it's gonna be focused on people. And so, you know, our theme this year was stronger together, because we really are, right? We're stronger together. You know, we don't have to go at this investing thing on our own. You know, you you guys are blessed to invest as a family unit, but I'm sure there's so many other people you are interacting with, so many people you're working with, so many people you're helping. So, um, so we're just going to con continue on with that mission. Uh, we don't need a different theme every year. It's all, it's all going to be about community and building people up. And, and that's, and that's kind of the heart of what we do at Master Passive Income and Real Estate Well Builders Conference. I mean, that, there's not, you don't need to change because that's, that's perfect. I mean, I wish exactly what I wish Donato was on because he lives in St. Louis. He's one of the co-hosts uh, on here. Oh, oh, wow. That would have been so yeah. great. Oh, we, we got to like plot. Well, hey, and he, he has, um, which, you know, if you want to talk about that, Adam, but Bright Investor, if you see behind Adam, um, he's actually one of the founders of Bright Investor and he was just a sponsor at Limitless with Robert Kiyosaki. It's mar it's market research made simple is basically what it is. And it's like an alternative to CoStar. Um, and it's, you know, hundred dollars or less a month. Which oh, wow. we we used to pay fifteen hundred dollars a month for Costa, and we were stuck in a contract for a year. So, and this is month to month. So it's it it fits perfectly with any real estate, you know, single family, multifamily, even they even do commercial, um, Airbnb. So it's pretty amazing. One of the purposes of this podcast is to build relationships with new guests. So we'll be in contact. Yes, absolutely. I I I love it. Um, you know, you, 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 both of you are, are now um, friends in, in my community and everything. And so um, if there's anything we can do to help each other out and to continue helping other people, because the more you help me, the more I help other people, the more I help you, the more you help other people too. So, um, so yes. uh, it's a, I like to say it's a win, win, win relationship. Total, totally. Isn't it great when you're mentoring right? someone and then you see that them mentoring someone else? I absolutely right. love that. And then you just know that it's going to continue to trickle down. And that's, that's the best feeling because you know that, you know, you can help one person and it's actually helping many, many so people. Many other people. It's a, it's a triple win, right? Well, probably more than triple, right? Yeah. Uh, it's endless. So it's, it's endless. Like it's a, a win times in infinity. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's an exponential win. How about that? Exponential yeah. win. Exactly. Yeah. I love that. That's a good name. Exponentially. Yeah. <laughs> you can have yeah, it. It's got a whole brand for that. <laughs> yes. I love it. Uh, Exponential wins. That is so awesome. That might be a chapter in my book, actually. Exponential wins? Be good name uh, for that, it. That. Or maybe a name for my book. Oh, yeah. That could be I could be awesome. Make sure you mention me, right? You know, and yes. <laughs> De I def I definitely will because because we just came up with that. I we know. we can both use it. Oh, no, oh well, that that's I I love it for your book for sure. So definitely, um, you know, you're gonna help so many people with it. So, um, you already have a plan for it. I don't. <laughs> yeah. Yep. This is awesome. Can I talk a little bit about how your current experience with rental property investing sort of transitioning into getting into multifamily? What that sort of looks like? Yeah. So so for me, so once I um. Uh, fully decided that I wanted to take that next step in multifamily and believe it or not, right. You know, I'm talking about all these things, overcoming fear. Um, for like the past two years, I was kind of like going to multifamily meetups, just kind of checking it out, you know, um, building relationships and everything. And, um, I hadn't, you know, taken any action, you know, other, other than, you know, going to meetings and building relationships. It, and it's a form of action itself, but I hadn't really like taken like the active action to really like, you know, start looking for deals, right? And um, I realized that fear was holding me back, right? And when I really had to like address that, I had to come like really like, you know, yeah, um, just like Lisa mentioned, like thinking about, you know, your past wins, you know, how I came to the US and all these different things. I got started in single family. 
um, I'm like, okay, I, I need to like overcome this fear and do something because one thing I'm not going to do is that fear control my life. And so, um, so that's when I, like, you know, I got real serious and, and then I signed up, um, for, um, some, some multifamily coaching to take, to take it to the next level. And, um, so from, from doing that, um, it's helped me to take so much action. So I, I, I just really like fully got started in this with multifamily in, um, in March of this year. And so I've been actively analyzing deals, putting in, putting offers, um, you know, just building up my team. So I kind of took like a similar approach that I did from, from single family with, with Dustin, um, is building a strong team first. And so. Um, now that I have a team in place, um, that now I'm, I'm, I'm putting in offers. So it's just a matter of time before, um, I get that first multifamily property. And so I'm focusing on anywhere from 20 to hundred units. And so, um, that's kind of where I'm focusing to get started. And then, you know, once I get, you know, to a point where, um, I, I get, um, enough of those under my belt or, or, you know, I feel like moving on to the next level. Then I'll keep on like, you know, going up, you know, maybe target 200 units or 400 units and so forth. So for me, it's just like really, um, you know, crushing the fear because sometimes fear comes up again, getting started, getting myself aligned with the right people, right? I like to tell people like there's three things to be successful at whatever it is in life. Get educated, get around the right people and get a coach, right? And so I had to literally apply what I've been teaching to people in the area of multifamily and doing that has helped me um, to get started. And so I, I'm, I've been going to a lot more multifamily events and meetups. I, I just got back um, from the Dealmaker Live in Texas earlier this month. Um, I, I'm going to several other multifamily meetups and masterminds this summer. And then I'm going to go to Dave Lindell's um, Ari Mentor uh, Ultimate Partnering Conference in September in San Diego and so forth. So just oh, surround myself. We're going to be there. No way. Oh, yeah. that's, that's awesome. Our whole okay. family will be there, so we can definitely meet there. Oh, okay. So yeah. we're definitely okay. So we already have a place to connect. I, I'm excited. Yeah. I thought mm -hmm. I, I thought I might have to wait until Rubecon next year. So so I'll get to see you um, and your family at, um, at 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 the Ultimate Partnering, yeah, in, in San Diego and then Rubecon in St. Louis. Yes, yes. absolutely. That is yeah. awesome. Phenomenal. Yeah, and that's about that's about what Adam's looking for as well. So you guys probably could talk about about that too. Um, we've we've bought everything from a twelve unit to four hundred nineteen unit, but wow. I can tell you the bigger ones, and unless it's turnkey and not a whole lot of work, it's it's a lot. I mean, unless it's you know you don't have to come in and do a lot of rehab and stuff like that, it's it is a lot of work. Four hundred nineteen units, it's it's a monster. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of like, you know, having bought and we also bought a 415. So we've had a couple of big stuff. Having been, gotten so big, we now are back to the around 100. Like our deal we're working on right now is 120 units in Arlington. Um, yeah. I kind of like that around the 100, 150. I mean, you can you, you've got the the staff, you can have full time staff on site. You, you have all the benefits of having the bigger property, um, but you don't have the monster, um, mm. you know, so many units, but that's just my personal opinion. That's like a sweet spot for you, the hundred, hundred and fifty. Yeah, yeah, that that's awesome. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm looking forward to get to that spot um, here soon. Um, but I I realized too, you know, to, I like to kind of some people, you know, they go out and they go all the way for like a big, you know, you know, something like a hundred units or two hundred units, and that's fine. Like you know, go for it. But but for me, I realized. That you know, for me, it's it's good to do it in steps, right? So now you know I've been doing single family and duplexes. So for me, that that next step that stretches me and takes me out of my comfort zone yeah. is twenty to hundred, right? And then once I get comfortable, then I'll probably be in the hundred to hundred fifty unit range. That's exactly what we did. We started with twenty three units in Monroe, North Carolina, and then built our way up. And we bought a lot of small stuff. But one mistake we made is we we didn't listen to our coach with Dave Lindahl. And we actually started managing our properties ourselves. And what what happened was that we kind of got stuck. And Adam's actually the one when he was a teenager. He's like, he, when we took him to a Dave Lindell seminar, he's like, what are you guys doing? Why are you managing your own properties? You have like a couple hundred units. You could have so much more. But we were doing it on our own. Just my husband and I, we'd had a bad partnership experience and decided we're going to do this on our own. And what, I mean... I don't regret anything that we did. It got us to where we are. But when I tell, you know, other people, I say the same thing that you say, that this is a team sport. 
everything, you know, business, you need other people. And as soon as we started partnering, we partnered with Ryan and Tyler and we went from a couple hundred to thousands and, and it's, yeah. and it was so much easier too. so much less work, so much less stress, things happen and you collaborate with your partners. If you've got good partners, that's, that's, you know, extremely important having the right partners. Lisa, that, that, you know, something, um, something you, you said is, is so I think important for people to hear and, you know, maybe you could do a whole episode on it or write a chapter or something, um, is you had a bad experience with the partnership and that kind of limited you, uh, to you and your husband to do it all on your own. And so yeah. I think it's so important for us to, um, rather than limit ourselves from our past experience, if anything, we take it and learn to grow with it, right? Like how you did now, right? Now, yes. you, now you do over a thousand units because um, instead of letting that bad experience stop you from growing, now you've taken that, that bad experience. And I'm sure um, you, you, you learn to, you know, what to look out for in partnerships, yes. right? Yeah, now I'm actually glad about the bad partnerships because we learn so much from it and I can help other people to avoid them. Um, but but yeah, we that was a mistake that we made um, and it, we were slow to learn it. And Adam, our teenager, is the one that kind of woke us up from it. Uh, we were focusing also on raising kids. And so sometimes when you're focusing on raising kids and going to soccer games and all that stuff that we were doing, I don't know if we really even cared that much about growing, but that much at that time. But as the kids were getting older, I mean, we were making okay money, but we were working our butts off. And the the whole goal of, at least for us, is financial freedom, but freedom of time. And we were we were not doing that. And what we did was we took a bad experience and we went the opposite direction. And I think that's a mistake that a lot of people make is, no, I, I want to avoid that. So we did the opposite. That's That wasn't the right decision. The right decision is, okay, that partnership didn't work. What did we learn from that? How do we avoid that from happening? How do we find the right partnership? And it took us a few, you know, several years to figure that out. That that's awesome. And that, that that's amazing. And that and that, you know, kind of, you know, goes back to um, I love how you ask start asking the right questions, right? Um, I love to say lead with questions. Look at those questions that you asked yourselves. That, that cause you to um, make better decisions, right? And so as people are listening to this episode, you know, I just want to encourage you all to like, you know, learn from Lisa, learn from so many people, you know, learn learn by asking the right questions. You know, what can I learn from this experience? What can I learn from this experience to help me make a better choice in the future? Not necessarily shut down. And as you mentioned, Lisa, do the opposite of what your goals in, in, mm -hmm. in life is. So that that, that is so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Do we want to go on to the trivia time? What's the trivia time? There's a trivia we usually yeah, do at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. We can do a couple of the questions with that. Okay. Yeah. Don't worry. I, I always get them wrong. Um, are you going to do multiple choice this time? Because I... One of them is multiple choice. Yeah. Okay. Oh, gosh. I'm nervous. <laughs> I know. Me too. I don't like, I don't like trivia. Uh, me either. <laughs> I'm, tr I'm trying to make them easier now because that was one of the complaints was they're uh, way yes. too hard. He makes them so hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not. Okay. Yeah. I, I always like to you know, stand on the side when people do in trivia. Like, me I, too. I'll, I'll <laughs> okay. Y'all do a, a right. couple questions. Okay. Okay. Are you ready for the commercial multifamily Lion's Den trivia talk? <laughs> sure, why not? With, with that voice, I'm ready. <laughs> right? Doesn't he, have, doesn't he have a great radio voice? I love it. Yes, he does. I, I, when, he was, when he started off with that voice, I was like, oh, man, I feel like, yes. <laughs> like I'm on TV. <laughs> yeah. I know. Oh, that's amazing. Awesome. All right, here we go. <laughs> Question number one. According to AspenFunds.us, for industrial space, both completions and net absorptions have been steadily rising since 2019 showing strong supply and demand concurrently. Industrial vacancy was 4.9% in 2021. What is the current vacancy rate? Industrial. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm confused industrial. too. But... It's an industrial uh, uh, vacancy rate. You know, um, something, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I would be guessing. Um, I, I started reading like co-star reports actually and, you know, with all yeah. those absorption rates and everything. So. Uh, I haven't um, absorbed all of that knowledge yet. <laughs> I'm going to say 25%. 25% vacancy? Yeah. Is that crazy? Not office. It's industrial. Industrial? Uh, you just want to make me look stupid, don't you? 
All right, ten percent. Industrial, I, yeah, I would, I would say something lower because um, industrial. It seems like the industrial industries are are still doing um, pretty okay um, versus the office. Um, so it what was it four point nine nine percent previously. Yeah, in twenty twenty one, and the first part of the question, both completions, so they're building more, but uh-huh. net absorptions are also still going up as well. Yeah. Um, uh, if I had to guess, eight uh, <laughs> percent. I'm saying ten percent, but can you can you erase or cut out the first answer that I had, or you just want <laughs> you just want me to look stupid? Um, I'm gonna leave it in. Oh, oh gosh. Okay. <laughs> What's the, the answer? An- the answer is two point nine percent. Oh wow! Oh wow! Very low. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm done. Okay. I'm actually avoiding the news these days because it's not usually good. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, industrial is, seems to be doing pretty well. So it's yeah. good news oh, right there. That's good. Okay. That's good. Yep. Yep. That that is really that's really good. I I I noticed that too. Um um I heard something about that, you know, in some maybe it was a LinkedIn article or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Question number two. According to a report by Marcus and Millichat. Which retail category had the largest positive month-over-month sales change in May this year? This one's a multiple choice. Restaurants slash bars, sporting goods, building and gardening materials, or furniture and electronics? The biggest change? Yeah, positive month-over-month sales change in May. So one month ago. Um, I'm going to guess sports. Can you give the choices again? Restaurants and bars, sporting goods, building and gardening materials, furniture and electronics. Building and gardening materials. Adam has a poker face, man. It's like, <laughs> it was like, come on, you know, drum roll, give it to us. Yeah. He has the, a poker face. Like, we're you both wrong. We're both wrong. The answer is building and gardening materials. Yeah. Oh, you got it. Oh, God, goodness. That, that's a good one. Okay. You, is, the, is the third one multiple choice? Uh, I'm just going to do two today. Okay. Well, I was going to say we could do a tiebreaker, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll just leave it at a tie. Okay. Okay. That's well, right. We We're both winners. Yeah. When we have you on again, we'll, we'll break the tie. <laughs> uh, there you go. Absolutely. Anything I can do to help. And this, this has been fun. Seriously, I, I love what you all are doing. Um, and I just love, it, you know, it seems so relaxed. It just seems like we're a bunch of friends talking. So yes, that's what, um, that's I, what I, I we wanted. It. We just wanted it to be a casual conversation. Yeah, that is awesome. Great. Yeah, enjoy Thank everyone. You. Thank you so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. Absolutely. Anytime. Thank you for listening to the Commercial Multifamily Lion's End podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, make sure to leave us a like, subscribe, and share with anyone you think can gain value from today's episode. What conundrums are you facing? Let us know in the comment section below and we'll get to it in a future episode. If you're interested in passively investing with us, you can go to am-multifamily.com or you can email Fia at am-multifamily.com. Those links will be in the show's description along with the Lions and Facebook page and website. Thank you and have a roaring day. <laughs>